I know in 2020, ThreadUp estimated that 542 million new items of apparel were displaced by secondhand clothing market. Oh, wow. um, so if you think about this from a sustainability perspective, the World Bank estimates that the garment industry accounts for 10% of global emissions, and it's poised to grow rapidly. Hey guys, welcome to Product Explained, a show where we talk about products and the company's history and strategy behind them. I'm your first host, Jeff Lee. And I'm your co-host, Mike Alcazarin. Jeff, to quote the esteemed Macklemore, I'm going to take your grandpa style. No, for real. Ask your grandpa. Can I have his hand-me-downs? Fashion is circular, man. There's a ton of Gen Zs right now taking on 90s and 60s styles again, so it might actually work out. In today's episode, we're talking about ThreadUp, an online consignment and thrift store. Yeah, to talk about like what old is new and what's new is old, uh, I saw a Wall Street Journal article this morning. It's November 14th, 2021, and the article was corded headphones are in by all like the, <laughs> the, the youths. So I'll, I'll start there. But anyways, today we're talking about ThreadUp. So I'll quote ThreadUp's awesome description from their website and quote, we're an online consignment and thrift store for your closet, your wallet, and the planet. Now, I it's a big really, jump. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I have to say, though, I love this positioning statement. It's like really pithy copy. And I know that I'm sure the ThreadUp marketing team just spent a ton of time crafting this statement. So huge kudos to the team there. But it's really cool to see, you know, really tight positioning live in the wild where you just like instantly get something and understand what <laughs> what something means. So huge kudos to the team. And that's the episode. No. Right, <laughs> but, see you next week. Exactly. But to talk about ThreadUp, so it's an online thrift store. Uh, they've got some really cool product features. So uh, if you go to threadup.com on desktop, so as a n- new customer on the site, they have this pop-up as soon as you type into like the search bar where it automatically asks you for your size. So the, right now they're only doing primarily women's clothing. So it has three different categories. It's like, hey, put your size in for your dresses and tops. Um, bottoms, shoes, as well as if you're looking for specialty items like uh, maternity items, for example. Um, I thought this was really interesting and really nice because, you know, like when I'm shopping for uh, clothing online, like that's like primarily like what I'm going to like search for. Like I'll be really disappointed if as my customer, I see something that I really like, but it's out of style because, or out of stock rather, because I didn't put my style in. So I really appreciate that thread ups leading with the sizes here. I don't know if if you've had products go out of stock before. Yeah, I I fall into like the average, like men's clothing category. Like I'm a medium t-shirt. I think for pant size, I'm like a 30 in length and like a 32, 34 in, in waist, which is like, I think like the most average of all sizes yeah so like that's, that's exactly mine too <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of twofold right like i think they know to stock that stuff more but if it's a really popular item it, it like runs out super quickly so yeah it's especially if you're trying to buy on like let's say clearance or sale those those are always the first ones to go it's like the middle sizes so yeah it, it is tough like especially if you're trying to find you know clothing that that fits you but like also fits everybody else and is popular it's really difficult to to find sizing like for what you're looking for totally 
But yeah, so after you type in your your sizing from this automatic pop-up on ThreadUp, you can make an account and then the shopping experience on ThreadUp is sorted by occasion. And I really like that. So if you're on the website, you just, you see like a sidebar on the left-hand side that says, hey, search for cocktail dresses or party dresses mm-hmm. or wedding guests, bridesmaids, work, or, and then... Like there's a whole category, and this is funny because like I'm obviously a guy, and like I have never shopped for women's clothing, and there's a whole category called little black dresses, and that was the option with the <laughs> most amount of options. It was like fifty thousand plus options for my made up size that I selected, so I thought that was really interesting. And when you're on the website, they have some really nice badges and tags to really just help pop out some of the certain outfits or dresses. Um, or tops to you. So like some of the badges were like rare find or price drop and new with tags. So it really caught my eye as I was shopping and I was drawn to that instantly. So I'm curious to see like how much extra like sales lift they see by having those badges on. And if there's ever like <laughs> going to be this like, you know, eventual like Girl Scout badge where it's just like way too many badges on here. But I think ThreadUp's doing a really good job of balancing, you know, just enough badges <laughs> to have it pop up, but also they're still meaningful. Like they, they haven't lost their meaning yet. Um, on the other side of the coin, not only can you buy goods from ThreadUp, but because it's a consignment store, you can also sell your goods through ThreadUp. So they offer this really cool one-stop service called a clean-out kit, where ThreadUp sends you a bag, you fill it up, you mail it back to ThreadUp, and then they do the rest. So they have this whole 12-point inspection system. This is inc- awesome. Yeah, I know, totally. It, it, they'll take photography... Uh, sorry, they'll take photos of your goods, they'll list your goods, um, and then they'll pay you out when you sell. So it's really cool feature. And it's also free. So you just could do this today. And I think my wife and I are going to do this with some of hers because we're always donating stuff. So we want to kind of experiment to see if, hey, is this, is this a way for us to to make a little bit of extra cash? And to talk about ThreadUp's business model, it's very similar to any consignment store where it's just kind of arbitraging. The, they'll obviously buy, <laughs> buy mm-hmm. low. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, buy low, sell high. It's the opposite of what, what you want to do for stocks. But <laughs> being a com- like e-commerce site, they're primarily trying to drive eyeballs to sell clothing. I thought it was just really interesting and unique how they source their inventory. Well, it's just literally just crowdsourced inventory where, you know, I'm assuming tens of thousands of people are sending in these bags and they're listing all these goods on their website. So they make, ThreadUp makes their money on a transaction fee from all of these customers that are buying and selling goods. It's essentially just the arbitrage of of selling there. So I really love this whole business model. It's really curious if there's other opportunities in traditional brick and mortar where businesses could be shaken up where with similar similar companies to, to ThreadUp. So the last thing I'll touch on is how you get paid. So uh, after you sell your goods on ThreadUp, you can to choose two options. You can either get uh, store credit or cash back on your card. Typically, you get more dollars if you convert to store credit, but obviously of course. you're yeah. limited to, to ThreadUp site. So yeah, that's ThreadUp in a nutshell. Yeah, that's super interesting. I am really uh, excited about the idea of a clean out kit. My wife and I always like try to donate once or twice a year. We just like kind of clear out our closet. And this is like a a kind of a no hassle way to do that. You're just like, I don't want this anymore. And you dump it into a bag and then let them kind of deal with it. What I am kind of interested in, though, is that, you know, usually that donate bag would go to, let's say, like a Goodwill or a charity. Mm-hmm. But in here, it's going for like profit. So does ThreadUp do anything on like the donation or social good part? Like what happens if it doesn't pass the maybe 12 point inspection? Or do they like put a portion of the proceeds towards like local charities or like clothing donorships or whatever? That's a really good question. I actually don't know what happens to the, you know, <laughs> the, the clothing that doesn't make the cut. And I'm sure there's a significant amount of it that does. Mm hmm. 
Yeah, because the big thing that the big difference that I see here is that like one is directly towards like, hey, this is a way to get clothing to, to people. And then the other one's like, oh, this is more of like a like this is more economically smart for like maybe you and I to donate or even thread up to like do the arbitrage. But it, it's kind of missing that like social element of it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, do do they actually donate to people? If I wanted to if I wanted to donate my clothes for the sake of like giving people access to to clothes because you know it's like t-shirt socks and underwear is like the, the biggest things w- would i get similar or better benefit by doing it with thread up aside from the monetary value so that's what i'm kind of curious about like yeah obviously if you've got like designer stuff <clears throat> you might want to send it to thread up because like you know it's kind of weird to find that in a, in a thrift store anyways so i, I don't know i'm just kind of curious about that i i think that the idea behind the cleanout kit's really smart i mean obviously there's probably a lot of like I'll call it like operational ha- uh, hurdles that they yep. have to deal with. Like people have to hand sort this, do the 12 point inspection. I wonder how they've, how they've scaled that business, but it's a really interesting idea. Have you ever done consignment before? Uh, like, like real per- person's uh, like consignment or in person, I guess. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking of like 40 year old virgin where it's like the eBay store yeah. that, that, that you can't actually buy anything. You can only <laughs> list it and sell it on eBay, but no, I've never, never sold on anything on consignment. Um, yeah. Just, just real quick before I get to answer that question is, you know, looking at ThreadUp's website, they do a rescue box. So mm-hmm. these boxes contain items that may need a little TLC or they've been unsold on ThreadUp for a long period of time. So it looks like they'll discount bulk clothing that's been sitting there for a while. Interesting. So uh-huh. I'm curious, like, if they'll donate like the clothing that makes that doesn't make the rescue box like cut yeah it's, it kind of sounds like there's a couple like different like tranches of inventory exactly yeah. yeah it's like tier one like obviously try to sell it first and then you know sell it in bulk and then lastly you can you can donate it to answer your question if, if i've ever sold anything consignment is is no i think the closest i've gotten is like with the ebay store which i know i've, I've talked about before on the show of just you know selling things through selling computer parts through ebay so mm-hmm. I, I like direct like marketplaces like yeah craigslist or facebook marketplace as opposed to consignment but i know my sister like loves thread up and she loves like selling and like buying and selling things on consignment so she actually like has a couple stores that she goes to to just with continual credit to keep things going and now that i actually talk out loud maybe i'll maybe i'll take that back i guess like what i have sold on consignment before is essentially books so like i love Mm -hmm. like hard physical books as opposed to like digital books like, i just think yeah. like, the reading experience is a little bit better so i do have a local bookshop here in rochester that i go to and i actually sell my books back to them and i take store credit and then i just buy books there so it's kind of like you know similar you know model of thrifting yeah but for more but more for books yeah got it yeah i have friends that used to work at like a like a storage company and then you know they, they had to deal with the consignment thing and they're always saying how you know, one, people have too much stuff. And then two, <laughs> the storage company makes a killing off the consignment. I mean, they all they have to do is like put in a separate room and kind of like put a price on it and list it and kind of deal with the transaction. And they, they get a cut of the fee and the, the cut of the fee is like pretty significant, especially because a lot of times like the hardest thing is inventory, like getting the inventory, acquiring it, managing it, et cetera. But if people are kind of dealing with that portion of it by sending inventory in and then you just kind of deal with the service of it, which is the 12 point inspection and the selling of it, you're making money off that service. But then there's the inherent value of the piece itself, which you're also getting a cut of, Mm -hmm. uh, even though it's not technically your piece. So yeah, ThreadUp doesn't own any of these things. They just help you sell it. But then they, at the end, when they take a cut, they get, they take a cut as if they were part owners of, of the piece, which is really interesting. 
So I can see where this is like a really good business model, but definitely hard to scale. Um, so I'm happy to kind of shift gears and talk about the history of the product. So in 2009, James Reinhardt, Chris Homer, and Oliver Lubin were the original founders of the idea. And it came as like a P2P way to share men's dress shirts, which I think is hilarious. You wouldn't think of it like... I've never thought about sharing dress shirts with with any of my friends, but I have heard of like, you know, my wife and my sister talking about like sharing clothes with one another or with like their friends as well. So it is like I'm interested because I wonder why like the guys thought to do this first. Like I haven't typically personally seen this happen. So, yeah, just kind of curious about if they thought this was a good market to begin with and then like luckily pivoted into something that was a lot more lucrative. But yeah. It's funny with dress shirts because, like, especially as guys, like, you always get, like, the yellow stain at yeah. the back of, like, really light <laughs> shirts. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. Of just, like, the sweat stains. So, like, that is, like, I think would be off-putting to me for, like, sharing dress shirts. So, yeah, exactly. And to quote James Reihart, the CEO, I started ThreadUp back in 2009 after staring at a closet full of clothes that I never wore. I knew there was value locked up in those clothes. And I knew I wasn't the only one. Looking back on that moment, I certainly didn't appreciate how that insight could eventually upend how we look at innovation in retail, the apparel industry, and our environment. So I like that he added the environment piece because it's just like the copy that you talked about earlier about the like helping our planet, which we can talk about in a little bit. So just the sentiment behind it was, yeah, I had all this stuff. I knew that it was worth something, but I didn't want to kind of deal with the like the individual arbitrage and selling individual mm-hmm. pieces on, let's say, Craigslist. So I'm just like, I'll pay somebody else or you know, let somebody else take a cut by doing that. That year, they launched their original product in September of that year, focusing on swapping men and women's clothes. In 2010, they actually pivoted towards children's clothes, which I think is interesting, due to underperformance in men and women's demographics, resulting in growth and more attention from VCs. I think this is a super interesting point because if you've ever had friends with children a big thing is hand-me-downs or yep. like trading clothes, right? So they grow um, so fast. <laughs> yeah, they, they grow so fast, right? Like I, I just look at children's shoes. Like they, if you if you've ever like happened to be in a children's shoe aisle, they like they're done by month, so it's like three to six months, six to nine months, or whatever. So like imagine buying a new pair of like Nikes. Like I don't, it's not not, not price the same, <laughs> like you know, adult Nikes, but yeah, it's, it's expensive uh, to be able to like get a new pair of shoes or like keep buying clothes, and so. You know, a lot of times you store that away if you think you're going to have another another kid or you donate it or you gift it to another family that's having children. So that clothing gets passed around and more so with children because the kids don't care. Like they don't really yeah. care what they're wearing, right? Like they're not, you know, they don't really have a, an idea of, of style at that point. So I think that's really interesting. I, I definitely see where children's clothing specifically probably performed a little bit better than, than men and women's clothing, especially on something like ThreadUp. So I talked about distribution centers earlier. So they, throughout their time from 2009 uh, to now, have been opening distribution centers around the country. But in 2017, they actually opened a pop-up retail store in Texas and California. So I think that's very interesting in that it's like going back. Old as (laughs) new, right? It's it's so funny. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely something that they talked about. But there's other stores that have built businesses around this, but with less technology. So are you familiar with Buffalo Exchange? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of a similar thing. In fact, I watched this like, I'm not a TikTok person, but I happened to watch a TikTok video of Buffalo Exchange where the whole thing was like, they joked that this person brought in all these pieces and every piece was like not fit for Buffalo Exchange. So they like denied all of them and gave them back to you. But yeah, apparently it's really hard to like sell something back to Buffalo Exchange because they have a pretty high quality bar. So I'm wondering how, 
like I wonder what the acceptance rate is for thread up. Like if I sent them mm-hmm. in this bag of stuff, are they gonna be like, oh, this is a torn t-shirt, we don't want it. This is slightly stained, we don't want it. This one, you know, isn't exact like there's no tags on this, we don't want whatever it is. But I'm curious about, you know, it sounds really good to to send in this big bag and you're hoping that each one of those pieces will get you like some amount of dollars back. But in reality, maybe it's not, you know, maybe the, the acceptance rate is just as low as something like Buffalo Exchange. In twenty nineteen they this is from their website. They said secondhand gets further destigmatized. So apparently there are celebrities like Olivia Wilde, Lena Dunham, uh, and Jonathan Van Ness. They partnered with ThreadUp to quote unquote combat textile waste. And I know that this is a, a space, not specifically textile waste, but just like sustainability in general that you're interested in, Mike. So I'd I'd be interested in your thoughts about like, you know, have you thought about I guess the the reuse of clothing and the secondhand nature of clothing and like how that's impacted the environment has that been like a pretty big topic that you know sustainability like pundits have talked about before or is it just kind of like has it was it kind of interesting to you to see like them try to tackle sustainability from this angle totally <clears throat> I think that short answer is yes mm-hmm. there's a huge opportunity to just address sustainability specifically within like textiles and, and fashion industry. So I know I'm going to accelerate this in a little bit here is like, I know in 2020 thread up estimated that 542 million new items of apparel were displaced by secondhand clothing market. Oh, wow. um, so if you think about this from a sustainability perspective, the world bank estimates that the garment industry accounts for 10% of global emissions and it's poised to grow rapidly if you think that if you consider that the developing world's um, starting to, to modernize uh, extremely rapidly, you're going to have you know exponentially more people that are buying more and more clothing. So it's kind of a, a flywheel here where you're going to have more environmental impact from all these clothing. But I did some quick math on this. One of like the most carbon intensive fabrics or piece of uh, garments that you can make is a pair of jeans. It's about 34 mm. kilograms of CO2 yeah. equivalent. Um, and the estimate for the average piece of garment is 20 kilograms of CO2 equivalent. And so if you just think that, you know, down with denim, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) But if, if 542 million new items weren't created because of thrifting, that's equivalent to about 2.4 million passenger vehicles that you're taking off the roads for an entire year or the equivalent to the carbon emissions from 1.2 billion gallons of gasoline consumed. Or uh, 2 million homes of electricity that you're just taking off of the electrical grid, which is 10.84 billion kilograms of CO2. Now, granted, like there's all the other like aspects that I'm not counting in with those calculations with like a a thrift shop for a thread up because you have all of like the, you know, scope two and scope three emissions of like, you know, driving around to ship things and like them mailing you the bag and mailing it back. But like, um, I'd be really curious to like just take a look at like that whole, you know, secondhand. Like I would have to believe that extending the life of this, all of these garments is much better for the environment than just creating something new. So yeah. yeah, I think there's a huge impact here to the to the environment. I'd love to see like from ThreadUp's perspective to start quantifying that because it could be a really cool story to tell as we start to as more and more consumers like want to see that transparency while they're shopping. Cause I know like for example, Google Flights now lists the carbon impact of each flight Mm -hmm. and you can actually sort that so it'd be really cool if you could actually sort that for like these clothes on on ThreadUp's website as well i'm sure like from a legal perspective that's like a nightmare of like how do you like you know have modify exactly yeah so yeah yeah that's super interesting i i am also curious like they have a 
I won't call it, I'll call it a issue or a problem, but like a distribution problem to solve. And those mean people and trucks on the roads. And you have to obviously get these cleanup kits to and from people to the distribution centers. If there's a way to cut out that middleman, which both benefits thread up from, you know, a financial perspective, but then also helps the environment, like that could, you know, that could help even more, right? So I, I'm in your boat. I'm wondering if there's a way to do this where you can just send things direct P to P. I mean, it's it's definitely hard, but I'm not saying it's an easy thing that you can do. But yeah, I, I wonder how they can optimize around uh, sustainability here. And there's um, a couple companies that do have a set of business model that gets mm-hmm. rid of like the inventory and eliminates that whole the two shipping legs because yeah. you're shipping it from yourself to a warehouse and the warehouse back to a customer. And so Poshmark is one of them. I know, I know we'll get to that in a little bit, yeah. but I know like my wife, for example, just sold a pair of luxury shoes, but it was this whole deal where like they like, there's a ton of trust that you have to build with your customers if you're buying like a couple hundred dollars uh, worth of like shoes on Poshmark, you know, so it's mm-hmm. a, a bunch of different photos and up close of any scuffs. And then I think Poshmark has some sort of guarantee on, on the goods, but that is like, you know, Adrian had listed this and then we sent it directly to someone um, like in Colorado. So anyways, it can, it can be done, but I, I think the question then becomes, can it be done at scale? Like with ThreadUp, with their yeah. point inspection. Right, right. Yeah, and then lastly in 2020, ThreadUp partnered with the fashion icon Christian Siriano to launch the first universal, I call it thrift logo, user clothes. So it's actually, it oh, looks like cool. a clothes hanger, but it's like, it also looks like a recycling like logo with the, with the um, cycling arrows and stuff. So yeah, it's kind of an interesting thing to really put a stamp on, I guess, like pushing for universal secondhand, you know, thriftiness, I guess. Oh, that's that's super cool. I had no idea that they, they did that. I, I love that idea. Yeah, put it on a hat or a sticker or a pin. So. <laughs> no, exactly. Well, so, so we can talk about who ThreadUp is for. So I, I kind of thought through this, you know, like who a con- who is a consignment shopper, a thrift shopper, you know, aside from Macklemore and thinking of thrift shop. Also, that song <laughs> is nine years old. Oh my gosh. Right? Isn't yes. that mind-blowing? <laughs> like that's like right yeah. when I started my professional career is like when Thrift Shop came up. This is my first engineering job listening to Macklemore. Anyways, I, I thought of like, you know, there's a variety of factors that go into if you're going to be at a thrift shop. And I think it's like three different buckets. And so like the first would be like, you know, you're super environmentally conscious. You want to reuse as opposed to purchasing new. And I absolutely love this idea. The second category might be you might be tight on cash and just want to get the most bang for your buck. But you also love fancy brands. So like you want to find like, you know, the J. Cruz of the world or like even like coach purses and coach handbags, but you're not willing to pay, you know, the hundreds of dollars that they are for new. And then finally, I think that there's a big occasion driven thrift shopper. Like you need mm. an ugly sweater or a Halloween costume. I see. Um, yeah. I would categorize myself as the latter, <laughs> you know, because the last time last time I was at a thrift shop was <clears throat> actually about like two weeks ago. My wife and I went to a Halloween party that was Britney Spears themed. It was titled It's Britney Witch. Um, <laughs> and I found my Jean Justin Timberlake outfit there. Nice. Um, but I've also visited countless numbers of like Goodwills and thrift shops during November just on the hunt for like really ugly sweater so that's primarily like when I go to a thrift shop, I actually called my sister and talked to her about this because I knew this episode was coming and she's in like the like the mix of the top two categories that I talked about. Like she loves the idea of helping the environment and she also loves to just be more efficient with like mm-hmm. getting luxury brands because, you know, she sees it as like, hey, like I'm only going to wear this like two or three times and like 
why would I spend like hundreds and hundreds of dollars on this when it's going to be like, you know, yeah. 20, 20% the cost in the same good and no one's going to have any idea that it's, it, I went thrift shopping for it. Yeah. But if you look at this from the, from the US market, it's a huge market. The secondhand clothing market in the States is currently $36 billion and it's poised to double or sorry, it's poised to double over the next five years to $77 billion. So just huge amounts of value that's being exchanged here with all the thrift stores. So I think ThreadUp's really well positioned because what they're really doing, like you kind of alluded to, Jeff, was just do thrifting and all this inventory management at scale. You know, mm-hmm. it's like they have some sort of technology that they're deploying or some sort of processes that they're deploying to be able to just take all of the pieces and then, you know, analyze them, process them, and then put them online and then pay pay everyone. So really, really cool to see. Um but in terms of like how fast this market's growing, it's like it was definitely acceler- accelerated by the COVID-19 pandemic. In 2020, 33 million customers bought secondhand apparel for the first time ever last year, um, which I oh, thought was interesting. A cr- yeah, a crazy stat that more Specifically people- online or do you know? Because I wonder if it was like, oh, people didn't want to shop. And also there's another thing that's happening too, which is people didn't go out and people didn't care about what they looked like. Like for me, Ooh, like yeah. a lot of my clothing shifted from like <laughs> business wear or business casual to like just comfort, like whatever I can get at Costco or whatever I can get from Adidas or whatever that's just like homeware. And then, yeah, I don't really care at that point if it's like brand new or not, if I'm just wearing around the house, camera off <laughs> for, <laughs> for intents and purposes. But yeah, I'm wondering if more people felt that way. So they were like, I'll just buy a secondhand. It's it's so funny hearing you say that because I, I know like you've started to go out to a, a few like uh, more events and you're like man I gotta gotta step up my game you know it's like yeah I gotta buy nice clothes again so yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly you know but I'm not sure if it was online clothes I think it was all all clothes but that that's mm-hmm. really interesting I never thought of it that way where it's like people probably cared much less what they yeah. looked like um, yeah. during the pandemic. Um, I wonder what makeup sales were like. They probably <laughs> they probably tanked during during the pandemic, but. No, totally. Um, but yeah, that's the customers of thrift shoppers in, in a nutshell. Um, yeah. yeah. So let's talk about the other folks in this space. We've talked about, we've kind of alluded to a few of them here. The first one I want to mention is Plato's Closet, which I, they had Plato's Closets in Georgia. Did they, I don't, I don't think I've seen any of those in the, on the West Coast, but do you see a lot of Plato's Closets in, in New York? Yeah, there's definitely quite a few. Uh, I can think of like, yeah, I would say like one or two in every like, yeah, I, I was going to say like, I, I'm thinking of all of like the strip malls and plazas and there's usually one next to every single mall, you know, it's oh. like, oh, there's, yeah, like a, yeah. there's like a mall and then like, like somewhere like super nearby, there's like a yeah. Plato's closet. Like, I need to get some cash and then I can go uh, <laughs> and then go um, spend the money on that. There is a brand, I think it's a Bay Area brand, but it might be a West Coast brand called Out of the Closet. I think the, the original, I don't know if it's the original one is in Berkeley, but there's one in Berkeley. It's a great name. Yeah, similar concept. And then I think like up the street, there's like a Buffalo Exchange as well. So yeah, there's a ton of these like consignment S stores that are like not technology companies per se, but like have been around for a long time, kind of making money off this idea of arbitrage. Yeah. Um, and then to take that to scale, there's Poshmark, which we mentioned before. We, I don't think we've done an episode on Poshmark, but just like you mentioned with your wife, my wife also uses Poshmark and likes selling and buying clothes that are lightly used or never used at all. So think of it as like an eBay or a Craigslist, but specifically for clothes. Mm-hmm. And it's like peer to peer. And Poshmark just kind of handles 
I actually don't know what part they handle it because I haven't sold or bought anything myself, but I, I think they just handle like the packaging and then like the, the customer support end of it. But yeah, they, they make some money off of, I think each sale and, but it like, it's pretty popular with people, especially as they are exchanging like single pieces. Totally. But like you said, there's like, they don't have the same issue of like distribution or sorting. They just kind of like, you just buy the Poshmark item directly from that person and you hope that it comes in the quality that you expect it. There's like probably some you know, like dispute center, resolution center, if it's not. But yeah, usually I think, you know, Karen, when she's used Poshmark, has liked the stuff that she's gotten. Yeah, same for Adrian. I feel like we should call this uh, call this episode Jeff and Mike Talk Fashion <laughs> as a side note. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some other platforms are TradeZ, which I, I heard about as a competitor for, for ThreadUp. There's Stitch Fix, which isn't exactly like a used clothing store, but it's mostly around getting... Uh, a stylist to help you out with your clothing and like sending you customized boxes. We've talked about Goodwill or any other sort of donation center. And then of course, just like buying new clothing straight from retail or straight from the internet itself. So you're paying full price typically and you get more control over what you want. But at the same time, you don't get that like steep price discount if it's like worn once or twice. It's like the the whole adage of like the new car off the lot. Like once it's kind of like purchased in more <laughs> than once, like the value kind of drops significantly. Um, totally. Great. So let's talk about our thoughts on ThreadUp. Honestly, I hadn't really thought about this idea of like online consignment before we did this episode, but I really, really like the idea. My favorite part of it is this like cleanup kit. We, Like I mentioned, we always like put a bag together to go donate and then it kind of like sits in the garage for a while. You have to like set an <laughs> appointment and then like slowly we like add more pieces to it and like, I don't want to wear this anymore. But I like the idea of like being able to let someone else handle it because, you know, obviously time is precious and then they kind of like sort the pieces and you get what you get. I am kind of curious. So like if I sent a whole bag in of clothes and maybe I got like 20 bucks back, is that really worth it? Or would I feel better by donating that directly to my local Goodwill or American Cross or whatever, American Red Cross or whatever? I that That's the biggest thing that's like unclear to me of like, what is the actual social impact? I think like financially, it makes a lot of sense to do thread up if you're not going to sell the pieces yourself, which like, I've thought mm -hmm. about like, oh, I have this like nice jacket. Maybe I'll like put it on Craigslist. But I'm like, I don't want to do this for every single piece versus like something like electronics is a lot easier because, you know, you, you know the value pretty well and stuff like that. It's like clothing's weird, right? Because I think the value is super subjective. So it's like <laughs> totally. really hard to price. But yeah, I love the idea overall. And I think what you mentioned before, we've mentioned a couple of times, they have this like, you know, sustainability angle to it where they're helping. What is the quote that you had? They like, um, you know, we're an online consignment and thrift store for your closet, your wallet and the planet. And then also we kind of mentioned before that they had, you know, impacted carbon emissions. So all that like really aligns very well from that sort of social angle, which I think is really good. But at the same time, yeah, I'm only having trouble with like the the reality or the practical part. Like, can can people get access to these clothes, um, or does this pull away clothing from people that need it the most? I think overall, I'm gonna give it a 4.2. I, I love the idea. I, I I'm probably gonna try <laughs> using ThreadUp myself after this and just give a firsthand experience of what it's like. But overall, I think like there's a ton of people, everyone you know probably has like a closet full of clothes that they don't wear anymore. Totally. They can probably get rid of. Uh, and they're probably could they probably could use something like thread up. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. So a couple of things. I feel like, you know, just 
meta point about the show is I feel like anything that's like 4.1 or higher means that Jeff and I are going to try this out because like, yeah, that's how I was with like masterclass. And I also have not used thread up before, but I was like going through the product features and I'm like, whoa, this, this box is really cool. I want to try this out um, the Mm -hmm. next time because my wife and I do the exact same thing that you and Karen do of like, (laughs) you know, having the the bag sit in the, ours just sits in our car for like literally weeks and we're like, do you want yeah. to Goodwill? It's like, oh, can you run out? We're like, no. Um, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I'm going to call ThreadUp a 4.4. I, I just love the technology that they have of doing this at scale. And I think that's a really interesting and really highly differentiated aspect of the business that mm-hmm. I think they're going to be able to operate in for a long period of time. It's just that sustained differentiation. I think just brainstorming here, like what got me really excited, even more excited about what ThreadUp's doing today is the opportunity for the future. Like if they could start to transition that technology, whatever they're doing to process to actual customers to make this truly peer to peer. Yeah. Because imagine if you just had your closet and ThreadUp was always like, you know, monitoring your closet via some sort of app or some sort of sensor or whatever. And, you know, you could still wear your clothing technically um, and then just sell it like whenever, whenever it's sold online. Mm. Um, and so it's like truly dynamic and also gets rid of like the whole like supply chain in the middle and it's just going uh, right to cons- to customers. So yeah, overall 4.4 for me, just love the overall strategy and how they were able to quickly pivot when they went from children's clothing to, or sorry, they moved away from like men's clothing to, to children's clothing. And then now they're back to women's clothing and, and children's clothing. So uh, yeah, I, I definitely love this. It's near and dear to my heart too, the sustainability issue and the potential impact that they're <laughs> they're going to make on the planet here. So Cool. Those are our thoughts on ThreadUp. And we always loved hearing from our audience. So definitely tell a friend, you know, if you were standing in line with someone at your local ThreadUp or thrift store, (laughs) you know, mention this episode or mention your favorite products podcast episode. But no, seriously, we we always love uh, hearing from our fans. So thanks for all the folks that have been reaching out on Instagram and Twitter. Um, You can find us at Products Podcast. That's P-R-O-D-E-X Podcast. Yeah, and of course, if you like the show, be sure to like us and subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. And let us know what products we should review next. See you next episode.